0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie. Critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
1: In the basketball side of things, he is more important than any King player that's hanging up there in the rafters. I really believe that because none of them were on eight playoff teams, not a one here in Sacramento. And so, yeah, he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame and, and he certainly should be hanging in the rafters of Kings or have a damn statue out front. And now, Brad
0: Great to have you with us as we talk some NBA basketball today with the one and only Jerry Reynolds. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Home Theater Company, audio, video, and home theater. Just go to home hometheatercompany.com. Trust me on this, folks, because I've used them since the mid-90s. They've seen it all. They've done it all. They will be able to handle your project. All right? No matter how small, how big, I mean, they will are the best the home theater company just go online home theater mr reynolds how the heck are you sir well
1: i'm doing pretty good you know pretty good just fabulous weather as you know here in the sacramento area we got to enjoy it while we can you know we're beautiful spring weather we know that the 110s are out there lurking in the summer but take it as it comes
0: Jerry, let's talk about the Kings, 31 and 41. I did my rant uh, a couple of days ago. The fact that 10 teams qualified to have a chance to be in the playoffs, I deemed it as unsuccessful as a failure. How do you deem it?
1: Well, very, very much an underachieving, disappointing year. I don't think there's any doubt. Doubt in my mind. I mean, here, and here's why I would say that, Grant. Probably I mentioned it this morning to Carmichael Dave. You know, is it. There were five teams that had worse records than the Kings last year going into the bubble. That would be the Warriors, the, the Suns, the Hawks, the Knicks, and the Wizards. All were worse. Now, they're all better by, and many by, gobs. Sure. <laughs> so, so in other words, uh, they, they all passed the Kings king stayed exactly the same record wise and 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 I think the important thing and I think fans sometimes miss this all five of those teams got better w- without any input from any rookie hmm. I mean the lottery picks and stuff had no no value whatsoever to any of those five teams that got better they got better like the, most teams do via trade, free agency and coaching change you know and 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 as, as you know, and I know, I mean, teams that win basically win with veterans. All
0: right. So how That's did it. how did the Kings play so much? I don't want to say so much better, but in your opinion, how did they play so well without the Aaron Fox?
1: Well, I think they're honestly, I think they got a little bit better defensively. You know, and I, I can't say I blame it. I'm not putting that on there necessarily, but I, I think that Luke – you know, they had quite a few injuries. They they went deeper into their bench. And, and really, after the trade deadline, they got deeper with the bench. I think to credit uh, Monty McNair, I think, you know, Davis, uh, Terrence Davis, and Bellin Wright, and Mo Harkless, and, and later picking up Damon Jones, were, were all, you know, added pretty good defensive depth. And so I think the team, and it showed in the stats, they got better defensively. Now they're still bad. They went from God awful bad to just bad. But I think that that was the reason that they did play a, a little better. And then of course they were lucky in a scheduling they, they caught a lot of teams like the Oklahoma city who had no interest in trying to win a ball game. And so that helps when you get a play sure. three times. <laughs> yeah, know? no, that, that, that is mean... a big help.
0: No question. <laughs> How about Marvin Bagley, Jerry, uh, the guy can't stay on the court again. You know, broken bones, one thing, but then, you know, sore here, little muscle here. When he was healthy, he looked to me, and I think you would agree that, okay, wow, this guy can play. He has a future, but you can't help a team if you're not on the court.
1: Yeah, availability. I mean, availability is is always the key, and, I mean, you see it around the league. Some guys just simply you know, can't can't stay healthy, or, or 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 maybe in some cases have been healthy, and then start getting injured, and never the same, and we've seen that as well. But in Marvin's case, yeah, I think he's a talented offensive player, and I think that you know that that he he does have the chance to have a really good career. Now he hasn't had to date. Having said all that, I I honestly think the Kings probably need to be seriously thinking about moving him, getting a trade for him. I mean it's just one of those things that Marvin would benefit by being somewhere else and I think if the Kings could get something that would better fit them going forward you know even if it's a less talented player but fits better it would be a good move.
0: Well his father hasn't helped out either in my opinion. I I'm just curious if you were in the front office how would you handle a problem like that?
1: Well I would probably try to try to have a sit down with with the father certainly you know i mean don't know if it'd work and i don't know if that's been tried but i i wouldn't see any reason not to have a little come to jesus talk because it certainly they at least need to be aware that this certainly doesn't uh, help the cause at all And, and i mean marvin is the one taking the brunt of it you know the negativity so you know he's not really helping his son he's making it tougher on him in my opinion and and so you know i'd sure You know, if you want to solve a problem, (laughs) you better go right at the
0: problem. You said that you wouldn't be surprised if Marvin would be moved. If you're a general manager of another team and you're looking at Marvin Bagley, what's going through your mind? How do you perceive him? Are you saying, okay, I'm going to I think this guy, if we can keep him on the court, is going to be really good. Talk to me from another team's perspective. What's his market value?
1: Well, it's probably not as high as, as you wish it was, but it it's also true, you know, he's a 6'11", young guy that's shown flashes, as you say. And so another team, you know, yeah. other teams always say, well, if we had him, we wouldn't have some of these issues, and, and maybe, you know, he's through his injury issues, and, and he can stay healthy, and so, you know, and we liked him in the draft. They may not have liked him at number two, but... But you know darn well he'd have been picked in the top five, six somewhere. So, so I mean, there's, you know, there's always teams looking for talent. Now, you know, the problem the Kings have got is that yeah, he doesn't have the value he had when he came out of the draft. So, you're probably not going to get eighty cents on the dollar, but it still might work for you. I, I mean, I always say it. You look if you really want to make a move, you've got to decide what what you need back that will make you better even if it's not equal talent it can be different talent that fits better and uh, look at teams that probably have a need for a six eleven guy who can really score and rebound per minute even if it be in a reserve role and I mean there's there's certainly teams out there like that and and then take it a step further uh, you know we all know and you know especially if I'm following the league for years, hey there's always there's a reason John or Julius Randle is where he is now. It took a. It took a while. Yep, that that's the way this stuff works. Same with but, Zach Randolph.
0: Uh, Remember, Zach Randolph so was Zach, in the same boat. Exactly,
1: Zach Randolph bounced around. I mean, Jermaine O'Neal. Yes. I mean, you can just go on and on. And I've said this many times. Ninety percent of the guys that are drafted need to be traded. It's probably no different than a guy graduating college and education or law or anything else. Their first jobs most of the time aren't going to work for them for their whole career or the company that hires them. I mean, and so I I just think the reality of it is most guys, you know, there's just not that many true greats that can be drafted and, you know, stay with the team until they're, until it's over kind of thing.
0: Another player that I think might be better in another situation would be Buddy Heald. Personally, I think he's, suited for coming off the bench as a sixth man, but that's just how I evaluate his play. What is your take on Buddy?
1: That's exactly my take. I, I've i been, as you know, a big Buddy fan. I, I really have, but I thought this year, and really started last year a little bit, a step back. I think he was probably used in a role that didn't suit him, you know, handling ball more and things. And I think as a sixth man scorer, I think he could People always talk about the contract. Well, forget the contract. That's that's already there. But as a player, he is a scorer. He can score, and probably in a bench role would be by far the best for him. I thought it would have been this year as well. Uh, you know, of course, I I've always said if they could have moved Buddy and kept Bogey, this team would be five six games better this year.
0: Right, and they would have been uh, in a. To- they would have been easily in the top ten, and they might have even that, been top eight. Absolutely. I don't think there's any it, question about that.
1: Uh, not, not in my mind. Yeah, but uh, but I think with with Buddy and you know I do think that Buddy and Bagley and I I think it it it's going to be a really important and very difficult summer for Monty Mayor and I mean I think he he really has done nothing wrong with the exception in my opinion of letting Bogey walk. I mean anytime you have very few assets and lose an asset, that's not a that's a mistake. But but you know he drafted well. I mean certainly Tyrese Halliburton is terrific and a terrific pick and should have been taken much higher and really the mid-season pickups were solid i think getting terrence davis and bell and right really gives him the option to move buddy because quite honestly he's probably got his replacements there Hmm. you know off the bench guys that are legit players so and then of course you're gonna you know draft somebody if you keep the pick i mean i certainly would have if he could trade the pick and a player for something that you really want, probably be way better off than taking, what, 19-year-old falls to you, whatever.
0: Jerry, on Monday, I did a rant talking about Luke Walton, and I thought that he should come back. I mean, if you got Greg Popovich who's on your phone saying, I want to coach your team, that's one thing. But the one thing that I did not understand, the Jekyll and Hyde Sacramento Kings, the up and down, the long winning streaks, the long losing streaks. I, I don't ever recall seeing anything like that. How do you explain that?
1: Well, it's a great. <laughs> that's a great question. I'm not sure I can. I, I mean, it was a case of, uh, you know, they had stretches where they really did look like a good team, and, and most of the year they were a good offensive team, and most of the year they were a, t- a really poor defensive team. But there were stretches where they played a little better defense than others, and and then you know, the stretches where they were so good offensively, you had, you know, Fox and, and Halliburton and, and Buddy Barnes and, and Rashawn Holmes, all good at the same time. And, and, and that, if, you know, that leads to wins, but I, I think if, if I had to summarize and, and I, and I think you have to blame the coach to a degree, I mean, you know, if you're going to you blame the the players are primarily responsible for winning and losing, but a coach does have a role in it. I mean, obviously and they can have a bigger role if it, guys like Tom Thibodeau or Greg Popovich. I mean, we know that. But I, I think the I think the biggest problem I saw with the Kings is just it seemed like a lot of games didn't seem ready to play. You know, would come out and and get in a hole and it's you know, it's tough to get out of a hole if you're playing against a team of equal ability or slightly better. And, and so I, I think if, if I were to give Luke Walton any advice, not that he had asked or needed from me necessarily, but I would say he's such, he's by nature, a, a legitimately good guy, easy to be around, easy, you know, but I, and his players like him really the, to a man, they like him. And, and I think that's, probably a mistake at some point you got to piss some guys off right I'm sorry I mean especially on the you need to jerk some chains on the defensive end occasionally now most of the guys on the team are good guys themselves and I think could could handle that and and need to be and probably would like to be coached a little harder and, and so that that would be the thing it's like you know if in fact you you don't have to answer for your defensive mistakes. Don't be surprised mm. if you make keep making them.
0: You know, the biggest issue I see with this team, and you addressed that at the beginning of this podcast, when you mentioned the teams, other than San Antonio, who finished 10th and obviously got knocked out in the play-in tournament, I don't see who the Kings leapfrog over now. Obviously, we're talking before we know about the draft, before we know about free agency. But I'm just looking at the teams ahead of them and the fact that they're tied with New Orleans and they've got a star in Zion Williamson. I I just, you know, Mitch Richmond said he was asked if he sees light at the end of the tunnel when he played here back in the '90s, and he said, "I don't even see the tunnel." I, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't think it's that dire. But I, I just don't know which team is ahead of the Kings right now that I can sit, sit there and go, oh, gee, they're not going to be very good. I think a lot of these teams are built for the long run right now.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's tough. You know, I mean, obviously Memphis is a young team yep. that actually is a young team. You know, the Kings really aren't. They're they're kind of a middle-of-the-road team. But, you yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think the Spurs are very talented, as talented as the Kings, but they played better and they deserved to be in. Of course, that's a lot to do with Pop, I think. But yeah, I think that's why probably Monty McNair has really got a swing for the fences this summer. I mean, if you bring Trot back the same basic roster with a draft pick, I don't see any reason why you'd think you're going to move up the standings. I mean, you know, you might, but but it'd be hard to see because I think, you know, New Orleans, quite honestly, is a more talented team that played probably... Probably underachieved more than did the Kings, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the same could be said for the Minnesota Timberwolves, who who after the coaching change started to play like a team a little bit. So you know you got those things to look at in the West besides the teams in front of you. But you know with the you know the Warriors and the Lakers, you know they're not going anywhere. Play t- if they, sure. as long as they stay healthy, you're not going to catch them and unless I miss something, I mean Lillard and McCallum haven't hit hit old old person status and so, you know, they're just how do you get there? And of course it's also true having said that, that's why you can be encouraged if you're the one way you could be encouraged if you're a Kings fan is well look at look at the Suns, second best record in the league and what did they do? They got one player, right? Of course, yep. that player is Chris Paul. Or the Knicks, primarily. What did they do? You know, they got Tom Thibodeau. Yep. And then and, and Julius Randle became a major star. I mean, so sometimes it is a a fine line, and and I do think there's enough talent on the Kings that if they played harder and were held to tougher standards defensively, and you added another one player. That's better than, say, Harrison Barnes, if you could do that, about any position that had a little bit of leadership and chemistry to him, You know, I would say, you know, the, what the Kings need is a guy like Iman or him and uh, With right. with, 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 with talent.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> he, sure. you know, I mean, you know, a real edge to him mm-hmm. kind of guy. I mean, you know, not that you could get him, but you know Jimmy Butler would come here and make this team 10 games better.
0: Easily. No question about it.
1: Just easily. Right. You know, and so so I think once you kind of try to say, well, we got to find a guy that maybe he's on the verge of doing that. I, I've got my own particular one. Since I don't work for anybody, I can say what I want. But I've always said, boy, if I could if I could make a move to Charlotte and get Miles Bridges. hmm you know, a young, emerging small forward that can also play small four. You know, just athletic as hell. And just looks like he got a little shit buried in him. Sure. And they might need to move him because they got Gordon Hayward, who, who they're not going to move. And they need more size, you know. So, I mean, that to me is the kind of thing, you know, it's like, well, somebody would say, well, yeah, but he wasn't – high draft. Well, who cares? He's really good. So you
0: know? as, as we put a wrap on this Kings season, 31 wins, 41 losses, not among the top 10 in the West, what letter grade would you give them?
1: I'd, I'd have to give them a D because, you know, I expected more and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I mean, there's always positives because Fox was just showing you he was emerging as a true young star and Halliburton, you Do have your guard line of the future, so you could I could even be talked into giving them a little higher grade because of that, because they do have their guard line of the future, and I think will be the best guard line, starting guard line the Kings have ever had if if they are if they develop like they should and stay together.
0: Before we talk about the NBA playoffs, Rick Adelman, it was announced, is going to be inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. I have immense respect for Rick. I really enjoyed being around Rick, but he's a tough egg to crack sometimes. And he's not someone that wears his emotions on a sleeve. He's very private. Uh, He can be very quiet, but he was touched, wasn't he to get that phone call?
1: He really was. You know, I I mentioned to you, I talked with Rick today and had a wonderful conversation. We had enjoyable and, and he really did. He uh, honestly was, was absolutely touched and thrilled in the Hall of Fame. And as you and I both know, he deserves it as much as any coach ever in my mind. I mean, he, his record speaks for itself. And, and, I, and like I told him, I said, hey, this Kings franchise has been in Sacramento 36 years and they've had eight winning teams and eight playoffs and eight winning teams, and he was a coach of each and every one of them. (laughs) And and so, you know, you can't – I mean, I I honestly think in the basketball side of things, he is more important than any King player that's hanging up there in the Raptors. I really believe that because none of them were on eight playoff teams and not a one here in Sacramento. And and so, yeah, he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame, and, and he certainly should be Hanging in the rafters of kings, or or have a, a damn statue out front. In my, my mind, I mean the guy, like I say he, with Rick, he never promoted himself. What Rick Adelman wanted to do, and I've known him since he was a player. In fact, I mean, but as a coach, he wanted to coach his team and go home to his family. That's it, mm, yep. and and that's what he was paid for. He wasn't required to be great at any of that other stuff, but he was great at what he was paid to do. And and to me, that that's more than enough.
0: Chris Webber also going in. To me, Chris is borderline. I don't have a problem with him going in. He, I wouldn't have voted for him personally because I just felt that his postseason, he never played up to his capabilities the way he did in the regular season. But again, that's just my opinion. How do you look at that?
1: Well, I think he probably, you know, I mean, the way I look at it is with the Hall of Fame as it is, there's a lot of guys in in the Hall of Fame already that weren't nearly as good a player as Chris. There you go. And so once yep. once you get you know, I mean it, it it it's it's changed as this went here to some degree. So I mean I know with with Mitch Richmond going in just for, as a king, I, I I mean I think Chris Weber was a better Sacramento king, more talented and more valuable than Mitch was. So just on that alone, having said all that, to me I, I don't know why Kevin Johnson or Mark Price, two guys like that, haven't been in there already. Great point. I think they they probably had more influential careers than, than probably either Mitch or, mm. or, or Chris in most ways. But anyway, but yeah, he deserves, I think he deserves to be in there. I think, you know, obviously some things that happened in his career weren't very, very positive for Chris, but it really should be more about uh, how good a player you were. And the, the thing I would say, you know, just he and Blotty as – best passing big men probably ever on a team and and you know that, that was that was something special we'll likely never see that again
0: you drafted Yolanda Griffith she's going in to the hall of fame you won a championship you put that team together what was it about her when you drafted her that that was a no-brainer for you
1: I I loved her, just her ferocious competitive spirit, you know. And and the reason I I remember picking her, it wasn't a popular pick at the time because there was a young lady named Natalie Williams out of UCLA, a a more powerful low post center type who went on to have an outstanding career. But the reason I took Yolanda, and I thought it was a smart move, is we'd taken Tisha Pinacero, a really flashy push guard it could push it and make plays and i and the team was terrible, and I said well with if I get Yolanda, she can play several positions and she could run and'll we'll run and we'll we'll put we'll have a fun team to watch in a league that that wasn't very much fun to watch the the year before uh team, and so it uh, just made perfect sense with what we had and build around and and try to create a a fast paced uh, aggressive team and 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 fortunately, that's the way it worked out. You know, I mean, I was actually right <laughs> for a
0: change. Well, hey, listen, the last time I had you on, you made probably the best trade in the history of the Sacramento Kings when you traded Billy Owens for Mitch Richmond. And then, of course, Mitch turned into Chris Webber. So, you know, listen, don't don't sell yourself short. You've had some uh, huge, huge decisions that have really helped these franchises, Jerry. I mean, you don't pat yourself yeah. on the back, but I'm going to pat it for you.
1: Well, thank you. You know, I I was just thinking of another one. I I, I, was, I was listening to your podcast with Spud Webb, and I got thinking. You know what? I traded for Spud. I traded Travis Mays for. Oh, him that's a steal! And got a lot of a lot of criticism for that. And then Travis was out of the league in in a right. year and a half. Yeah. And Spud was a, I mean, really Spud and Mitch. Probably, you could make the case that they were the best guard line in, in King's history. I I, uh, I, I agree to with that. Eight.
0: Did Spud, talk and, to you? Uh, did Spud talk to you when he got here because he was not happy?
1: <laughs> he didn't talk to me for about a week because uh, <laughs> he wasn't happy about being traded. And then, as you know, I mean, once you get to know Spud, I mean, he's I, you, just a terrific guy. had yeah. a wonderful relationship like you did. And, and I mean, and just such an underrated player. I mean, I always said, I mean, the guy shot over 40% from three one year and led the league in free throw percentage and never got hurt you no. know and and always people would always talk about boy the teams will take him in low and take advantage Well, they never did cuz no. he's too quick and athletic <laughs> i mean uh, right. i mean just i mean the guy was probably the most amazing athlete i've ever seen
0: i agree with you I mean, he was you know, phenomenal
1: you know, yeah he's just phenomenal <laughs> right. but yeah you know yeah i was going to say me and my wife picked him up at the airport when after the trade and he he nodded at me but never would even say a word my wife, <laughs> I got to, and my wife said, "Does he talk?" I said, "Well, not yet." <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> but, God. <laughs> uh, but it all worked out, and uh, you know, as you know, he his years with the Kings were his best. So, uh, oh, no, so anyway. But
0: hey, let's get to the playoffs this weekend because the Lakers beat the Warriors on Wednesday night. Now they're matched up as the seventh seed with Phoenix that's an interesting series for Phoenix breaking through and uh, give me your, give me your handicap on this series hand, break it down for me.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the thing with the Lakers, you know, I hate them. Let me just right. put that in there. I'm biased. I hate them. Uh, but, yeah. but they probably are the best defensive team, you know, in, the, in the playoffs. Uh, they, they're big and athletic and physical. And, and so, you know, that, Gives them a, a a good chance, and the defending champions, of course. I, I'm I mean I'm praying for a Phoenix Sun win. I, I think the the size and the defensive and physicality of the Lakers it'll be tough. It'll be tough for them. I, I'm just just hoping that Booker and 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 Chris Paul can can be the difference, you know, some way. And and but yeah, I think it'll be a seven. I'd be surprised if it's not a seven wow. game series. And I just like I say, I'm so biased against the Lakers. It's hard for me to.
0: I wouldn't want to play them I w- I w- if I'm the Suns. I don't want that to go seven. I'll tell you that. I wouldn't want to have to beat LeBron no. and Anthony Davis in a seventh game.
1: No, no, and and absolutely, and of course, you know, there's such a draw TV wise. I mean, you know, just it, well. Let's face yeah. it. I mean, LeBron's LeBron, and I think he he gets a lot of calls. People think he doesn't, but he does. And so we'll see.
0: As we this podcast and people are listening to it, the game that will determine the eighth seed in the West is later tonight. So, Utah as the number one seed, where do you see as their Achilles heel in terms of coming out of the West? What do you like about that team and what do you say, eh, I'm not so sure?
1: Well, the the thing that, and I love the Jazz because they're a true team and Quinn Snyder doesn't get all the credit he deserves here, but I mean, that that's their strength. I mean, they truly are a team. I think the negative is that their stars aren't quite the stars of other teams. And and uh, Gobert, as good as he is, is limited offensively. And so they they really depend on making threes, probably more than, than any team in the West. And even certainly more than the Warriors. I mean, they really depend on and And they, they're good at it. But in my mind, if if I were to say anything, I think if you could slow down Jordan Clarkson off the bench, mm-hmm. the Jazz may not be able to score enough to to beat the elite teams. And but Clarkson's been so good, that's not an easy. You know, it's not normally who you you worry about the sixth man, but he he's a lot more than that to that team.
0: Is this the Clippers' best chance right now, with the way everything shapes up, to finally make it? into the third round. They've never made it out of round two. They're matched up with Dallas a 4-5. Could you see the Clippers coming out of the West?
1: Yeah, I, I could see them coming. I, I mean, I definitely see them beating Dallas. They're just, I think, more talented. I, I, you know, I'm hoping, you know, like some other fans, I'd love to see, you know, Denver be the team to be truthful. Just Mike Malone and and Jokic is probably the MVP Even with the injury they had to Murray, but but, I mean, if you really pressed it, I mean, the, the team with the most talent, I, I do think, is the Clippers. They probably should come out of the West. I, I don't know that they will. And we'll see. It'll be a real challenge, I think, with the Tyron Lue. And if he can, you know, get playoff Paul, Paul George, to actually yeah, play well in the playoffs. I mean, I think that may be what it comes down to.
0: What about in the East? Are you high on Philadelphia?
1: No, I'm not really. I, 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 I think you, I mean, they're good, really good, but I think, you know, I, Miami Heat would, would scare me if I'm them. I think, you know, the Bucks probably aren't, you know, aren't great, uh, but they're, you know, they got a, a special player. And I mean, I think the, you know, I just think it's kind of wide open. I really do. I, I mean, if somebody said you had to, you know, here's some money you had to bet on somebody. I I might just go ahead and bet on the bucks this year. I, I just, uh, maybe their time. Mm. And, but it's also true. The team that represented the East last year is just really finding their way. That's the Miami heat. And, and you know, they've got the coach, they've got, they've got depth. You know, now, what's really helped them. Healthy. You know, what's
0: really helped them when they got Dwayne Deadman, he decided he was going to start playing again. He's been huge for <laughs> yeah,
1: them. He's, yeah, he's actually, which I mean, there again, now, if you just want, you you really want another verification of the greatness of Pat Riley and Holster yep. there, that'd be it, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Yep. You know, I mean, they get, they find guys much like San Antonio has done for years that, that are there for anybody and they make and they turn them into real players, you know. I mean, real players, and I that's best to their credit. But like you say, yeah, Deadman's giving them something. Actually, I think Deadman actually is amazing, he played okay for about everybody but one team. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, you yeah, but he, he, I mean, but, uh, I know. Yeah. but, uh, but how many times it, have you and
0: it, I said that over the years that a player played pretty yeah. well, except for one yeah, team was, and we know, he, that, yeah, we know he was, that team. He, he was really
1: good everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, hey, it's like Trevor Ariza yeah. is good again.
0: How about that, huh? How'd that happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: What is he, fifty years old
0: now? Uh, you kill me. I, mean, I remember when you coached and you're coaching your ass off and you know, you got guys and then all of a sudden they, they get traded and you're like, wait a minute, how come they didn't play like that when they were here, you know?
1: Yeah. Well I was gonna say, of course I can say it's always so it's interesting. So some of oh, you know, we had some really good players. We just didn't I always thought we just didn't have enough. You know, he's always like the <laughs> right. Rodney McRae thing, you know. I remember asking me to come out, and he said, "I'm really tired." I said, "No, no, hell no! The, I got nobody. Stay out there. You know, you you loafing around's better than the next guy
0: hustling." Hey, did you? How funny was that? That story that Spud told about Moses Malone and Rodney McRae? Because you know, Coach Rodney, you, you even on the good day, you couldn't understand what Rodney was saying. He mumbled. You had to go, Rodney, speak up. I can't hear you. You know?
1: Yeah. No, no, that was great. I mean, uh, you know, and of course Moses, I mean, he had his own language almost. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, like, but it worked. You know? right. like, that's a, that was the way it was right. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't find a better guy than an excellent no. player. But, but it was, you know, those kind of guys, a little hard to – it's hard to to have a great communication when you really can't understand one another.
0: <laughs> yeah, Google Translate did not exist back then. <laughs> That's no, right. No. Oh my gosh! Oh, and everybody could understand you because you know if you, you were you were very succinct and to the point. Of, yeah, if you couldn't understand what you were saying, then we all had problems. Yeah. So. Well, I was
1: uh, yeah. I tried to keep it simple, and <laughs> you know, like, how come you're not playing better? Jesus Christ! You know. Uh, <laughs> Or, or can't you guard that
0: guy? And, <laughs> <laughs> you said you could. <laughs> right, right. That was that's why that's, you traded for uh, Mitch Richmond, right? Didn't Danny Ainge say he, I, he, I, he, did Danny wanted to guard him and then in the middle of the game didn't yeah, Danny. Well, say, I yeah, can't Danny guard wanted him?
1: to guard him as a as a rookie, I think, and, and Mitch had about forty in the middle of the third quarter and I said, Danny, I said you you said you could guard him. he said, Well coach, I can't. I can't <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! And so I mean, Danny was, uh, you know, a terrific player. He's a very smart guy. And I mean, one thing he was more than willing to admit his mistake. He said, "No, Coach, I can't. I need. I'm You know, you need to get somebody else, and they're going to need help." Well, unbelievable.
0: <laughs> well, I've got to tell you, it's so much fun to have you on. Just so you know wh- where I put you on my list, okay? You are my first guest to appear on my podcast three times, and I want to let you know the stipend is in the mail, okay?
1: Okay. Well, that, that I know it won't be the same stipend we got for, for doing the LeBron commercial <laughs> with Nike, but, no. but but that's okay. But I, I do consider it an honor. It's great to be on with you anytime. And of course, you've had so many great guests. I, you know, I've tried to keep up. I mean, I, I get your rats every day, but, but I'm, I miss a few podcasts, but I mean, obviously you've had some terrific ones with, with Mike Breen and, and Spud. Yep. And, I mean, gosh, you just go down through the list. I mean, I mean, I thought the Christine Hanson was very interesting. I mean, it's Ian Eagle. I mean, gosh. Uh, so anybody's listening to this one, you know, go back and check out some of those are great, great listens.
0: My dream though, is to just do one more game with you. I want to do one more game with the one and only Jerry Reynolds. That's what, that that would be my <laughs> wish list
1: well it it'll probably be a junior high game somewhere <laughs> and uh... <laughs> and, and hey we might have fun doing it I wouldn't I mean hey it might It actually it might be more fun than doing some of the NBA games we've Blame. done no question <laughs> is not the case
0: well Jerry I gotta tell yeah. you man thanks very much for breaking the hang and you know what get 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 out of the house and go for that walk and enjoy this beautiful I, weather I'm
1: going to I'm going to going for a walk and then try to get up to Tahoe maybe later tomorrow sometime or, or whenever even though the weather's bad I gotta get up there but I'm gonna get my walk in and you know put I think I'm going to listen to a little uh, Rolling Stones today. I, I, I'm going to need a little pick-me-up to
0: get going. Well, you'll you'll get so, it, Jerry. Well, always good, man. That, Thanks. That'll give it to me. You're the best. I really appreciate you coming okay. on. All right. Always love having Jerry on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Hey, before we get to our Crowd Ultra Q&A, I want to tell you about Adload Technologies, a brand new innovative way to advertise your company now they utilize led digital displays and they are awesome looking they're embedded in the back of semi-trailers so your message will always flow with traffic and capture attention of consumers in high traffic areas additionally adload can provide comprehensive and intelligent reporting giving you accurate impression counts and exposure to analyze your marketing strategy For the long term. Now, if you need more information, just go to adloadtechnologies.com. That's A D L O A D, adloadtechnologies.com. Now, to our Crowd Ultra question and answers. Really have enjoyed the questions I've been getting via Crowd Ultra. Go to CrowdUltra.com, sign up. Just takes a moment, and maybe I will answer your question right here on my podcast. Andrew wants to know why do you see less and less one-team career players, free agency. And I i also think that the cachet that we, and I say we, I'm talking about owners, general managers, media, give to star athletes, making it easier for them to leave, such as what Aaron Rodgers is trying to do with Green Bay. But I think first and foremost, Andrew, I think free agency I would put at number one. Casey wants to know what teams had the best front offices in the NFL. I've always been a huge fan of the way the Pittsburgh Steelers run their organization from the Rooney family uh, to the front office to, you know, the stability at the head coaching position. I've always admired the way they do things. So I, I personally think I would put them uh, at number one. Will wants to know, do you miss the physicality sports used to be played with? Yeah, I do. I understand where we're at. I understand the safety. I understand head injuries, science, data. I get all of that. But yeah, yes, I do. I miss it. Ben asks, what does this season do for Curry's legacy? I don't think much, Ben. I think before this season, I think people acknowledged that Steph Curry was one of the best players Of his generation. Yes, I think coming back from the injury and having this type of a year without Klay Thompson helps. I don't don't discount that. But I think his legacy was already pretty good. Maybe maybe it's a little bit better, Ben, you know, maybe. And as you are listening to this and others, you know, we don't know yet whether the Warriors are going to be in the playoffs or not because they play Memphis tonight for the final spot in the West. But yeah, his legacy is top shelf. This is a great question from Jake. Is LeBron aware of how many people are rooting against him? I think you'd have to be naive not to be aware, but I also know this he doesn't give a damn. That's a very, very good question. Alex wants to know which rookie quarterback will win the most games this season. I think it's going to be Mac Jones with New England. I think he's going to the better team. I think he's the most NFL-ready quarterback. So I am going to say him. All right, let's get to some other questions. Josh wants to know, how did interacting with players change from the start to end of your career? It's a great question. Well, when I got into sports, particularly the NBA, I was the same generation as the players and we used to hang out all the time and go to dinner all the time. And so, you know, and that that continued all the way through the early 2000s. And then as I got older, the players stayed the same. And with the advent of social media and camera phones and everything else, players wouldn't go out as much. And so that did change quite a bit. But in the first part of my career, really beginning in 88 with the Kings all the way through the early to mid 2000s, I, I developed tremendous friendships with the players and would be out with them quite often. But then. Change quite a bit. It's a very, very good question. Sam wants to know who's on your New York Yankees Mount Rushmore. That's a that that's I've never thought of that before, Sam. So I'll keep it to my lifetime. Uh, Mickey Mantle clearly is on that Mount Rushmore. Uh, Thurman Munson is on that Mount Rushmore. Derek Jeter is clearly on that Mount Rushmore. Uh, Mariano Rivera is on that Mount Rushmore. I'm probably going to put, you know, Goose Gossage on there. I'm probably putting Ryan Gidry on there, even though people say, Ryan Gidry. Well, he was 25-3 and with an ERA of 1.74. There are so many, but, but those are some that come to my mind. And again, I didn't say Ruth. I didn't see Garrick. I didn't see DiMaggio. There was before, you know, my lifetime. So I'm not including them. They would be the obvious ones. Corey wants to know, will the Jazz or Sixers get past the second round of the playoffs? I will say yes. One of those two, Corey. And if I just right now had to guess, I'm probably going to go Philadelphia. It was a great question. Excellent question. Mr. Wolf Ask what do you expect out of Ian Book's rookie season? Well, first and foremost, he's got to make the team. He was a fourth-round pick. Uh, I don't think he gets on the field this year. I hope I'm wrong. I'm just pumped for him. You know, I watched him play his first ever football game as an eight-year-old because my son was on his team, and my son played with Ian for a number of years. I watched Ian play lacrosse in high school, too. Just a great athlete, but more importantly, just a great kid. I've just loved getting to know him. He's got a tremendous family. Uh, I hope hope he does get on the field. I really do, but I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Ricky wants to know who's your all-time favorite hockey player. I used to love a player named Boom Boom Jeffrey on in the 60s when I was just a little kid, but Wayne Gretzky to me. I mean, if I could watch Wayne Gretzky play hockey, I'm watching Wayne Gretzky. I mean, so I, I think I'd have to say Wayne Gretzky. Michael wants to know, do you agree with Jalen Hurts being ranked the second worst starting quarterback? I don't know which ranking you're referring to. I do not. I would put him a little bit higher than that. I would put a little bit higher that. Jeff wants to know, have I paid any attention to the NBA's African League? I have not. I'm not that aware of it. Uh, I would t- need to do uh, more research on it. All right, a couple of other questions. Thanks to Crowd Ultra, Alex wants to know, what's my take on La Russa's handling of your mean Mercedes? I did a rant on that yesterday. So go back and look at my rant, both uh, on this platform and on YouTube. And I think that you will... Know how I feel about LaRusso's handling of that. Dominic wants to know Does it surprise you that the Knicks made the playoffs before the Kings? No, because they play in the Eastern Conference. So for that reason, no. But I'll tell you, Tom Thibodeau, an amazing job. An amazing job. Steven wants to know Are you confident the Olympics will happen this year? Well, Steven, don't go anywhere because guess what's coming up next? My rant, don't go anywhere. Vince wants to know, how many games do you think will be until Trey Lance starts? If Garoppolo is playing well, I don't think he'll start at all the entire year. I don't think he's ready to play. You know, he didn't play at all. He hasn't played football in almost two years, small school. I don't think he's going to start a game all year unless Garoppolo gets hurt or unless uh, he plays poorly. Tim wants to know, who do you got in the Bucks Heat series? I'm taking Milwaukee, but I like the way the Heat have been playing. I think Jerry talked about that it's going to be a hell of a series but I I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Bucks Nick wants to know was Arvidas Sabonis better than his son yes he was Now I love Sabonis and what he's done with the Pacers but when Arvidas was in his prime and he didn't come to the NBA until he was almost 30 he was an incredible incredible player Uh, Lou wants to know if I'm surprised that Walton didn't get fired. No, I'm not surprised, nor do I think he should have been fired. I I said so on my rant on Monday that I thought that he should come back. I did not think that Luke Walton should get fired. I like the way the team played for him down the stretch. There are a lot of reasons that I think Luke should come back. I'm not saying he was perfect. You know, Jerry talked about that, the long losing streaks, that you have to look at the coach for that. And listen, if he gets off to a bad start this year, I got to believe he's on a short leash. I do think that economics factored into it. I think the Kings are losing a boatload of money. I don't think. I know. They owe Luke Walton over $11 million in two years. And so to me, this was a financial decision uh, as well. Hey, thanks to our CrowdUltra folks. For your Q&A, go to CrowdUltra.com.
1: It's time for rant, rant, rant,
0: rant, rant. Today's rant is brought to you by my good friends at New Works Plumbing of Sacramento, locally owned for 20 years. They do it all. For all of your plumbing needs and your repairs, just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. And remember that their expert technicians are available to you 24 7 and I really appreciate the positive feedback that I've been getting from the people that have listened to this podcast that have used new works plumbing and have reached out to me Uh, I appreciate it I'm very happy that you've had an excellent experience again new works plumbing for all of your plumbing needs and repairs just go to newworksplumbing.com n-e-w-w-r-x plumbing.com well we are about two months away from the summer olympics in japan well, we also know that COVID 19 is spreading around the world still. And recent polls in Japan indicate that between 60 and 80% of residents believe that Tokyo Olympics should not be held as scheduled this summer. This is from a story that I read in the USA today. They say a petition calling for the games to be canceled has generated more than 350,000 signatures. How about that? A professor of infectious diseases at Kobe University in Japan said Japan is not ready to hold such a big event given the current situation of the COVID pandemic. Also said the world, likewise, is not ready to. Now, I have to ask you this. I'm looking at what's going on in countries like India. I'm looking at what's going on in countries like Thailand, where they've once again had to you know, go to a strict curfew and close down all the entertainment venues in Bangkok and you can't get into the country. And this is a pattern that we're seeing across the world. So let me ask you, how the hell are you going to have the world come to Japan, right? Do you know that as of right now, they only have 2% of the population vaccinated? How about that? Is that unbelievable? I didn't realize that. Japan was slow to approve vaccines in their country. It did not even start inoculating residents until mid-February. They're still in the process of distributing vaccines to its most vulnerable population, according to this story in the USA Today. You ready for this? As of last week, less than 2% of Japan's population had been fully vaccinated. So I asked the question, Yes, we know the Olympics were postponed for a year. But how is it that with the city of Tokyo, all right, declaring a state of emergency with the pandemic and COVID, how the hell are you going to have the Olympics? Now, again, I know it's two months away. But why are the Olympics going on as planned? If the world cannot come to your country and there are certain countries, certain nations, where it's going to be very challenging to leave your country and go to Japan and participate in the Olympics. All right? How is that happening? How about this? A second group, the Tokyo Medical Practitioners Association, said this in a letter published on Monday all right, that they have their hands full and have almost no spare capacity due to the recent influx of COVID-19 infections. Again, why are the Olympics going on as planned in Japan? I don't understand that. I really don't. How is that going to happen? I mean, We can't even, I mean, look at at what's going on. Look at the COVID cases already in sports this year in this country. It's unbelievable to me. And yet all I hear about are the Olympics this, the Olympics that. Does safety not matter anymore? Are we just going to make believe that, you know, yeah, things are better in the United States, COVID speaking, but it's not the case around the world. And the Olympics is a worldwide event. Got to tell you, folks, doesn't make any sense to me at all. And that's my rant for today. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Don't forget about my video rants over on YouTube. Jerry Reynolds, the best. Really appreciate him coming on. Make it a great weekend. And thank you very much for checking out If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier.